The old year ends, a new begins, with pages clean and new, and what is written on each page will now depend on you. You can't relive the year that's past, erasing every wrong, for once a year or a day is spent, it is forever gone. But don't give up in dark despair if you have failed some test. Seek God's forgiveness and resolve henceforth to do your best. Resolve each precious day to do things good and kind and pure. Though days and years may pass away, these things shall still endure. You know not where your path may lead. For what's beyond the hill, but know that God walks at your side if you will do his will. All things are possible with God, though days may be bright or dim. So do your best and know that you can leave the rest to him. That is a poem from an author unknown. I don't know who wrote it. It's called A New Year and a New Beginning. And tomorrow is New Year's Eve. And Lord willing, two things are going to happen. It'll be the last day of the year. And Vanderbilt's going to beat North Carolina State tomorrow in the Music City Bowl. I didn't know that was a joke. <laughs> Hopefully they will. But... It's a, it's a brand new year in a couple of days. The Lord lets us get to that point. And what are we going to do with it? Uh, by a show of hands, whether you actually, one, two, three, four, five, meticulously wrote down, or just in the back of your mind, I'm, I'm going to do this, 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 you've made resolutions. Just let me see if you have. All right? We've got a few honest people. There's more than that. I know there is. Uh, but all of us think about things we can do better. And that's what I sort of want to talk about uh, tonight, if I may, just for a few minutes. We're going to look at this from a, from a retrospective piece, if you will. Looking back at what is now still 2012, and then thinking about those things, then pushing it forward to 2013. What's some things maybe we can do better, i.e. resolutions, if you will, that we can do better uh, for the Lord, and for each other. And it's all about, to me, anyway, relationships. Relationships with the Lord. Relationships with each other. So I'm going to ask some questions, and we're going to try to answer those questions in a retrospective way. But again, maybe making these some goals for ourselves as far as trying to achieve some resolutions. First question. Looking back, looking at 2012, the embodiment of it. Has my relationship with God improved? From January 1st of 2012 to this point, has my relationship with God, the God of heaven, our Father, has it improved? Has it progressed? Or has it digressed? Has it gone backwards? Have you drawn nearer to God? You know, James chapter 4 and verse 8, James wrote, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So it's up to us a little bit to try to draw near to the Lord, uh, and He'll seek us. Um, when we think about relationships, 
there's really two things that come to my mind. One is you've got to have trust, obviously. For a relationship to work, there has to be trust. But also, I think maybe something that's even more important, maybe, is communication. When communication breaks down between a husband and a wife, that relationship is in trouble. When communication breaks down between two nations, those two nations are in trouble. If they're powerful nations, the world could be in trouble because they just stop talking to each other. And sometimes we stop talking to each other. Have we been faithful this past year in listening to God, in our relationship with God through communication with Him? Has another year gone by, or as this year has gone by, 2012, did you read your Bible at least once every day? When I say you, I mean me too. I include myself in this. Did we read our Bible at least one, at a very minimum, just one time a day? It might be a proverb, it might be a psalm, it might be just a, a, a gospel account, just a few verses. But at least one time every day did we open up God's Word, how He communicates to us, and talk to Him and read His Word. If not, then can we honestly say that we have a proper relationship with Him? Is communication working? Have you been steadfast in talking to God through prayer? You know, Paul told the Thessalonians, I believe around 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, pray without, what? Ceasing. A prayerful life. Praying all the time. Your life is such that it's a prayerful life. We're praying all the time. You know, any effective communication requires, it's a two-way street, right? Uh, Think about if you come into your home, husband and wife, you come in and you don't say a word. You don't say anything. You just walk in, you come home from work, and you don't say a word. Not, hey, honey, how you doing? How's it going? How's your day? You don't say anything. And you don't say anything for the rest of the night. Until you wake up the next morning. And it goes both ways. Communication has to have it has to be both ways. And and prayer is that way. We talk to God and God listens. And he answers in his own way. But he's listening. And that's communication. So is our relationship with God based on communication? Looking at what he has communicated to us through his Holy Spirit, and actually think of the, the, the privilege it is. And that's one of the things that Jesus accomplished on the cross and being resurrected from the dead. He's a mediator. Between me and the Father, Jesus is Jesus. We can talk to him. So has your prayer life in 2012 increased or has it decreased? So we need to think about that relationship we have with the Father and is our communication such that it's growing? Secondly, Has our relationship with each other improved? Has our love for one another increased in 2012? Some might say, yeah. Some might say, I'm not so sure. I don't know. A passage I think Keith read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That's an amazing passage to me, what Paul tells the church at Thessalonica. He says again in 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 9. This is interesting. But concerning brotherly love, 
you have no need that I should write to you. Wow, that's pretty interesting. That's a strong statement from the mighty Apostle Paul telling the Thessalonians, the church there, concerning the love you should have for your brothers and your sisters, that, that, that brotherly love. I don't have to tell you a thing. I don't have to write to you anything about that. You're already doing it. He goes on to state, For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. They get it. God has taught us we've got to love one another. It's a commandment to do so. And he says, notice, and, in, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. It's not just in Thessalonica. It may be in cities like Berea or, or Philippi. In all the region of Macedonia, the Thessalonians are letting those people know we love you. They're communicating that somehow, whether they're actually telling them or showing them. The Thessalonians are doing it. But notice what Paul says. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. All right? Thessalonians, you're doing a great job. You're showing the love. You're preaching the love. Keep on doing it. Don't stop. Don't stop. Are we closer to one another than we were a year ago? And that's, you know, I, I can answer for myself. Am I doing the things I need to do to, 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 to grow in love for you? Maybe visiting your home? Calling? Whatever it may be? And are you doing the same thing? I know I've failed. And you've got to answer that for yourself. But are we growing in love for each other? Another thing, talking about relationships. Has my relationship with those in the world improved in the world. And especially talking to Christians. As Christians, we've got an awesome responsibility if you think about it. We have a message. We have the gospel. And the gospel means what? Good news. We've got great news for people. And we need to tell people that news. Especially those in the world. And we sometimes almost get this country club mentality of, oh, I've got this great news I'll uh, keep it to myself. I'm not going to tell anybody. It's mine. You wouldn't understand it anyway if I told you. But that's not what Jesus says to do. That's not what the Gospels teach us to do. And we have this important responsibility when I became a Christian to share that good news. In Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> as J.D. read, beginning in verse 13, again, the message states, you are, Jesus speaking, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what I mean. There's a great responsibility that we have as Christians, as bearers of the light for Christ, for the Christ on this earth, as we walk on it. We are to be the salt of the earth. That is to be a positive influence. Not to tear people down, but to build people up. And to be that positive influence in the world when people see me and think about the name Steve Hillis, or think about your name, they think about Jesus, they think about his church, and they think about it not in a negative way, but in a positive way. 
When Jesus said to be the light of the world, a light, you know what a light does? It shines on things. It exposes the dark. We are the light of the world. Not because I'm anything great, but I've got something that is great. And people need to hear it. And it lights people's way. It shows people um, a better way. It demonstrates a better way to live on this earth. Have you made progress this year in developing meaningful relationships with people, again, in the world? Why? So the light of Jesus can be seen in our lives. Not not to glorify me, not to glorify you, because Jesus, the Lord, working through me, shining his light through me, and let that light come out so everybody can see that God is awesome and God is great. And also so the gospel of Christ can be communicated properly to people. When we think about these relationships and we think about how our relationship has been with the Lord this past year, if it hasn't been what it needs to be, there's your resolution. And it starts by committing and resolving to this. This is it. This is all we have from the Lord that tells us who He is, about His Son, what His Son did for us, what His Son continues to do for us, and how we can live and move on this planet and know that we're saved and know things are okay. Prayer. If we're not praying as we should, that's on us. We can pray at any moment, at any time that we want to and communicate with God. It doesn't have to be verbal. It doesn't have to be in a church building. It can be any place we want it to be, and we can communicate and meditate and talk to God. Pray without ceasing. Loving one another. I love our fellowship times together. I love fellowship meals. I love uh, trying my best to get here as early as I can for that great fellowship before services. Um, that's things we could do. In fact, that goes back to what... Um, Jack read. I want to read that one more time. He read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and verse 25. And it reads, And let us consider one another. Consider one. Let us think about each other. And we get in our daily routines, and we get in our lives, and we have to think about ourselves sometimes. We have to think about our, our physical health and our mental health and our spiritual health. We have to think about ourselves, and I understand that. But he says, let's consider one another. Why? In order to stir up love and good works. To stir it up. To bring it to the top. To bring it to where everybody can see. To stir up love and good works. Let's consider one another. To stir one another up. That we can learn how to love God. Learn how to love each other. And as God shines his light through us, People can see the good works that we're doing. And I'm not going to be glorified. God will be glorified. Because I'm doing what God is asking me to do. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. When services, when our elders set service times, we're here to the best of our ability. To the best of our ability. Why do we need to be here? Why is it so important to to meet for worship services? Obviously to worship the Lord. To tell 
the Lord, to tell God in heaven, you're worthy of this, Father. I understand. I get it what you've done for me, what you continue to do for me. And Father, whatever it is you ask me to do, you're worthy of it. To sing these songs, to pray these prayers, to read your word, to offer invitations so people can obey the gospel. It's all worth it because God is worth it. That's why we need to be here. But he says, don't forsake assemblage, assembling together, but exhorting one another. It should be. And I understand sometimes we come together and I might see somebody, you might see somebody, you might say, you come together to worship here at Bobby Branch, you see Steve Hillis and Steve Hillis is out in the world acting like some idiot. He's not acting like a Christian. And I know that may bring you down. There's where the responsibility comes in as a Christian. We need to live our lives so that we don't bring anybody down. We honor God and honor ourselves. And nobody can say anything about it. But to exhort one another. And so much more as you see the, capital D, day approaching. It needs, it's a very important for us. The church needs to assemble together. They need to be with one Yes, to worship. Yes, to fellowship. But there should be a continuity in this room. There should be a unity in this room that we're all leading and helping every person in here. Me helping you, you helping me, and everything in between because a day, capital D, is approaching. A judgment day that we're all going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account of how we've lived. And I want to help you, and I know you want to help me, and as we assemble together, we can do that. At least we should do that. It's important, I think, as we think about these relationships that we have on this earth. The spiritual one first. What I can do on this earth to have a relationship with the Father. Read His Word and talk to Him every single day. And we can learn to love one another. And we can learn to love our fellow man, our neighbor. Our neighbor is everybody. Let's not forget what Jesus said in answering that lawyer Watch the great commandment. You know what Jesus said. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself, i.e. love. A responsible love. Loving each other. Loving God. The more we can learn to love God, the easier it's going to be for us to love each other. So it brings us to our invitation tonight. We all make our resolutions. We can look back on 2012 and say, okay, I've got some accomplishments here. I've got some successes here. I didn't do so good here. really didn't do so good right here. All right? Well, from this point back, it's gone. It's done. God's asking, okay, what are you going to do now? How are you going to live your life now? How are you going to serve me now? Are you going to become a Christian now? Are you going to renew your life as a Christian and regain that zeal now? Yeah, I've got a past. We all have a past. We've all done things in the past. But now is a new day. Now is a new time to renew our life and give our life to the Lord. And if you need to, won't you come forward as we stand and sing?